Welcome to Mad Lit Musings, a podcast with Jamie Jo Wright, where we go deeper and ask the tough and dangerous questions. Today's episode is sponsored by Ravel and Bethany House Publishers, which are divisions of Baker Publishing Group. Find out more at bakerpublishinggroup.com. Hey everyone, this is Jamie Jill Wright with Mad Lit Musings. And today I have for the first time ever on Mad Lit Musings. So this is a historical episode. I have a nonfiction author. And she has a last name I can't pronounce. So I'm gonna let her introduce herself. I know her first name is Hannah. I would probably murder and massacre her last name. So introduce yourself and tell us a little <laughs> bit about you. <laughs> Very nice. I'm Hannah Schimmerhorn. Um, I'm very used to my name being mispronounced, so it's totally fine. <laughs> um, I wrote a book called A Single Life to Live, which is a Christian nonfiction about how to be happy if you're single um, and enjoy your life and look at all the hard things and see where God is in those and things like that. So just this last Valentine's Day, it came out. It's called A Single Life to Live. Um, yeah, and I'm super excited to be here and talk about it and talk about That's all the awesome. things. That's awesome. I love it. And I love that it came out on Valentine's Day. I mean, that's just cool. Yeah. I asked if they would do that, if the publisher would. I like put it on the form and then they're like, yeah, we can do it. Like it's going to come out soon enough. So I was very excited when it happened. That is really, that is really cool. I love it. So tell us a little bit about your story and how you came to write about singleness, because that's not a topic a lot of people, I shouldn't say that a lot of people don't write about it, but it's just one of those topics people kind of skirt around. Yes. And don't talk about. So let's talk about it. Yeah. I feel like that's why I wrote about it because I couldn't find the thing that I wanted to be written about it. Yeah. Um, So I, in college, dated someone and I thought I was going to get married to them. We got engaged and we planned our whole wedding. And Mm -hmm. then just a few months before we were supposed to get married, I found out some things about him that just made it that we could not continue anymore. Um, Mm -hmm. I struggled for a long time to make that decision, but eventually made it and entered a part of my life I didn't realize I'd have to be in again and that was being single and I just hated it I was just mad and upset about it and everything like that uh so I really struggled and then after about five six years I realized that I was still in the same place I was still single that many years later but I was happy like my circumstances Mm. hadn't changed but God had really changed my heart and taught me a lot of lessons through mentors and bible stories and different things like that to suddenly realize that hey I'm still single, but I can really like my life this way. So when I realized that I kind of started looking at, you know, what was out there for resources for singles and stuff like that. And I was like, I think I need to write a book about all these things because I wish that I would have known all this stuff when I first became single, because it would have helped me just have a completely different life at that point. So I started writing. Yeah, for sure. I think that's great. Cause I think, and I don't know, you could probably answer this question. It's a question slash thought. But isn't there kind of a stigma, especially within the church that you grew up and you get married? Like there's no allowance for too much time of being single. Am I right? 
Yeah. Oh, exactly. Okay. And even when I broke off the engagement, like it was very early twenties and people were kind of like, okay, you got to get out there and find your person right away. And I was <sighs> like, no, this is ridiculous. So I think there's some weird pressure and I don't know why it's there, especially in the church of like, it's the normal thing to go and get married, you know, right. after you do this thing or in your early twenties or something yeah. like that. I, yeah. It was very hard to work through, but then eventually mm-hmm. it's like, oh, this is just people making this own their own line their own limitation themselves it's not necessarily what god wants and realizing that was very helpful yeah oh i'm sure that was i I remember when i graduated high school i was debating on what i wanted to be when i grew up you Mm -hmm. know air Mm -hmm. quotes and i couldn't figure it out and i literally had one of my mentors from church come up to me and he said well you need to apply for college So if nothing else, you can get your MRS degree. And I'm like, what's an MRS degree? Like I wasn't getting it. And he said, well, you're Mrs. Degree. And I'm like, you want me to spend $40,000 a year to pay to find a hospital? Right. It's my goal. Yes. It is so ridiculous. But I mean, that's such a common thing. And it's very sad to see. It's like, (laughs) that's not, that's not necessarily what God wants. Like, why are we putting that on people? So yeah, yeah, it's it's not good. Not good at all. (laughs) Exactly. No, I agree. I agree. And even Paul, the apostle said it's best if you can remain single. Yes, exactly. People like to ignore that when they're giving this advice, I think. Yes, I think so. I think they're like, wait, we won't talk about Paul right now. There's other Bible characters we can talk about who are more romantic. <laughs> yeah, we like those stories better. Right, exactly. Like story. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> so tell me a little bit about some of your experience um, struggling through the process of singleness. Because I know, I mean, we're laughing about it right now, but it can be a very intensive and emotional and ostracizing Mm -hmm. Um, experience. So tell us a little bit about that. Yeah. So I think there's so many things that are hard about singleness and they don't always hit you all at once. Sometimes it takes a little bit. So it's like the loneliness is very hard right away, especially after a breakup or if you Mm -hmm. haven't dated anyone for a long time, just that continued loneliness. Um, I think, you know, societal pressure, like we've been talking about, whether it's from Mm -hmm. within the church or even outside when we're watching TV shows and movies and all the things that are about like happily ever after when you find your person um, Mm. rather than thinking no I can can chase my dream life right now and then I think for me too it was dealing with a lot of baggage whether it was just from breaking off an engagement or trying to start dating again and Mm -hmm. just experiencing rejection and all of the weird things that go along with dating Um, so there's definitely just a lot of different things going on especially my own expectations for life not working Mm. out that was really hard for me to realize you know I planned how my life was gonna go and now it is not going this way. So what am I supposed to be doing with that? Uh, Yeah. yeah. So I just had all sorts of different things that I was struggling with. And, you know, some days some would be worse than others and then something would pop out of nowhere. So yeah, a lot of different things. Yeah. And that's a tough thing to to process on a daily basis when you're trying to figure out even where you want to go in life. Yeah. If marriage was part of the equation and now it's just looking like that's not going to happen. How do you reroute your dreams? Yeah, exactly. And for me, it's like, it's been taken so many years. It's been almost a decade since that happened, since I broke off the engagement. But it's crazy because if that wouldn't have happened, I never would have written a book about being single. I wouldn't be doing my job as an author now, like all of these things that have just changed. And it was really cool to see God gave me some little nuggets of that as time went by. But now to look back on it and see, 
oh, all of these things happened and I thought it was so terrible and my wife, my life was just being wiped clean. But now I see where it's all going. It was so much better than anything I could have planned. I went to school for engineering. So I'm very okay. happy now that I'm being an author, which I never thought was going to happen. <laughs> like it's a huge life change and I love it. Yeah, that is a, di- that is a different life change. That's for sure. Yeah. So what, yeah. Are, what are some of the, the, um, the things that you went through or the conversations you had, or maybe the epiphanies God gave you that helped you change your mindset. What, you know, let's pretend I'm single or you're speaking to a listener who's single, who's really struggling with this concept of how can I be content? Sure. God can use me, but content and being used are two different things. Yeah, definitely. I think the foundation was something that was super simple. Like I knew my whole life, but I never had to put it into practice until this happened. And that was just my identity wasn't that I was single. My identity was that God loved me. Because Mm -hmm. I think especially in the beginning of being single, I carried all of those things with me of I'm lonely, I'm not chosen, I'm not loved, I'm Mm. all those negative associations with being single, instead of seeing myself of no, God loves me, he's always with me, he has a plan for me, he has a purpose for me, all of those things. So it's something that I had known for years, you know, God loves me, cool, but it wasn't until this happened that I had to really embrace that and trust that and understand it. And Mm -hmm. it took me probably a couple of years after the breakup to really understand it. But once I did, it just opened my mind of like, oh, God does have a plan for me. So the reason I'm here is because God's allowing it. And it's all part of a bigger good plan, whether I see that now or in 10 years or, you know, after I go to heaven, that's totally fine. But God's got this and I can trust him that he's in Mm -hmm. control and everything like that. So that was really the foundation for me to change my mindset. And it was a sermon that was talking about that one day. And I'm like, man, it's so simple. Why did I not get this before? But I walked out of church and it just, my heart changed a lot from that. And then really grew to learn other lessons that were specific to each thing I was struggling with. So like, I was struggling with loneliness and the story of Jeremiah in the Bible really opened up my eyes to what to do with that. So Jeremiah, he was extremely lonely. He was supposed to preach and tell people that, you know, they need to repent and what they're doing was wrong. And they're so mad at him that they, his hometown tried to kill him. They threw him in a cistern to just like die in the mud. He was put in solitary confinement, just all these horrible things. But he was able to say, the Lord is with me like a mighty warrior, even though Mm -hmm. his loneliness was way worse than anything I could possibly go through in singleness. So just seeing that and being like, how can he say that? And how come I can't say that? What did Mm. he do? Um, So kind of like working through his story and seeing, oh, he tells God exactly how he feels. He tells God what he's struggling with. And then he goes back and forth with God to work through it and then be able to say confidently, yeah, God is with me at all times, even though I'm super lonely. Um, So I just, every single thing that was hard about singleness, I just started working through. I wrote post-it notes on the wall of everything of why is singleness horrible and just (laughs) started working through all of them one at a time after I had that foundation. And with every single one, I could find something in the Bible. um, And whether it was, you know, talking to someone or sermons or things like that, that really opened up my eyes of like, no, God's got a plan in this and he is so good in it. Yeah. Yeah. No kidding. That's awesome. Yeah. I love the story of Jeremiah. He was, he was so not popular. No, no, it was bad. He I really wasn't. Yeah. It like, I don't know. I, I would be pretty bad for me. I'm a people pleaser too. So it's like, I would be <laughs> very bad at what he was doing. <laughs> yeah. Some of the things God asked his people to do. I'm kind of like, really? Yeah. Really? You're going to yeah. make him go there. <laughs> mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Yeah. 
It's, but I think sometimes we feel that way with our lives. Like we're, you know, we're, really God, you're going to make me really, really. Yes. But yes. I loved what you said about um, Jeremiah actually expressing how he feels. Because correct me again if I'm wrong, but I think within the church, there's a stigma. Yes. About trying to get married or look for the one you want to get married to. And if you're single, oh, we're sorry. You know, mm-hmm. kind of like the complimentary pat on the head. But then I think there's also the element of being single and knowing in your head as a Christian or as a believer that somehow you're supposed to be content. Mm-hmm. And so then you don't deal with the fact that you're not because you're trying to put on a facade that you are. Or am I just completely off base? No, you're totally right. And it's funny because I kind of ignored that a little bit to myself. Okay. And then I had this whole book outlined and I had basically written the whole thing. And then I went on a date with a guy and I ended up just like throwing up during the date because it just like freaked me out. Like, oh. it's like funny to me now because it's yeah. like, who goes on a date and like throws up? <laughs> me. Um, but it really like opened my <laughs> eyes to like, there's like these triggering things that we suppress And if you just try to Mm. move forward without addressing them, you're never going to heal from it. You're never going to come out above it. So I had to experience that myself in a very real way of like, (laughs) no, nothing with singleness and nothing with the past or things like that. Can you just push down and be like, oh, it's fine. Just be content without really getting any answers or understanding things. It's like, no, you actually need to like open it up and dig into it and wrestle with God and talk to God about it and, you know, try to make some sense out of it or it's just, mm-hmm. it's going to be bad. <laughs> it's going to be bad. <laughs> it's the whole concept of just pull the bandaid off and deal with yes. the wound below. Don't put a bunch of band-aids on and think it's somehow going to heal. Yes, exactly. Yes. Otherwise it'll be much worse later. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Oh man. Okay. So one of the questions I wanted to talk to you about too, was, um, community as it relates to people who are single, um, or maybe even people who have been married and are no longer married, but are have now re-entered the world of singleness, whether it's through, you know, divorce or widow or widowhood. Mm-hmm. Um, that's a spot I know is a sensitive one because I've had some single friends say, there's literally nothing at church for me to do that I can relate to. Yeah. So talk to me about that and talk to me a little bit about what you experienced and how you dealt with that process. Yeah, I think I felt similar at first. Granted, I was still early 20s, so there's plenty of people who are still single. I feel like Mm -hmm. as I got older, that's where all the friends are getting married. And then you very much start to feel alone because Mm -hmm. you're the only one left. What are you supposed to be doing? Right. Um, But I think for me, what was really helpful is I started going to a church at at the time that had small groups and they didn't like they didn't put people in categories based off of anything about them. So it wasn't here's the 20s and 30s single small group or something like Mm -hmm. that. Mm -hmm. Our small group was a combination of, you know, people my parents age, people my age, younger, older, single, married, all sorts of things. We Mm -hmm. came together every single week and we just ate a meal together, you know, studied God's word. And it was really refreshing because for Mm -hmm. the first time I wasn't put in this category of like, oh, you're in the single person's group. Um, And I know previously Mm -hmm. I'd gone to a church where the first group was married with children. So like, they're oh like, there's God. not actually like a place for you to go. Oh into my group. gosh. <laughs> yeah. So <laughs> I think, I think having, you know, groups where it's not based off of you need to be in the same circumstance in your life, but having people support you who are in different experiences in your life is really, really helpful. So 
for me, even writing my book, it's like a married couple who's my friends were the biggest support system. They're the ones Mm -hmm. who I'd go to and we'd stay up late at night, just brainstorming and talking about things. And they hadn't been single for a long time and they were all in on helping me with my dream and uplifting me in that and things like that. So I think it's really easy to think, oh, I need to just hang out with other single people. And, you know, there needs to be a group of single people, but I found some of the most support and people uplifting me who aren't single or who are in very different experiences in their life than me so I think finding those people and then also empowering non-single people to understand what's going on with singles is a really important thing so that that relationship can go both ways really well yeah I like that well let's take a quick break and when we come back let's let's keep talking about that like what can people who aren't single do say um be how can we best support the the single people in our lives who have a really big mission that's God you know, God has a plan for them and a purpose. Mm-hmm. So let's take a break and come back and chat about that. Are you enjoying today's broadcast with our featured author? You can find out more about them and other authors from Baker Publishing Group at bakerbookhouse.com. Use code MADLIT40 for 40% off any one Baker Publishing Group title at bakerbookhouse.com. This also includes Ravel and Bethany House Publishing. Go over fast. It's MadLit40. That's your magic code for 40% off any one Baker Publishing Group title. Hi, everyone. We're back at MadLit Musings. This is Jamie Jo Wright, and I have with me Hannah Schimmerhorn. Did I say it right? Yeah, perfect. Yes. Yes. I nailed it. Okay. (laughs) (laughs) We are talking about Hannah's new book called Single Life to Live. We're talking about the life of being single and what purpose you can find in that um, position in life without having this incessant must get married concept that so much of us grow up feeling that's the plan. Um, But before we took a break, we were talking about um, community as a single person. And I wanted to explore that a little bit more. What can people who are like myself, married with children, uh, people who are at church in different age brackets with different lifestyles, um, how can we best communicate, support, and reach out to the people in our lives who are single and maybe don't relate on the, hey, I'm changing baby diapers stage right now? Yeah. Yeah. I feel like there's a lot of really bad single advice out there. So the first Mm -hmm. thing is don't give that advice. Like you'll find Mm. someone when you stop looking or like, you know, you need to be more spiritual or I don't know, all sorts of weird things that just Mm -hmm. aren't true. So I think the first thing is just don't give that advice. Like think about it. Is it biblical? If it's not, just Mm -hmm. don't say it. It's not helpful. Um, But I think what is really helpful is caring about where a single person is in their life Mm -hmm. and what their dreams are, what their hopes are, what they're going through and really paying attention to those things. So I know for me, like the married couple I mentioned, they cared about, you know, what meetings I had at work and would text me like, Hey, how'd that big meeting go? Mm -hmm. And just cared about the things that were going on in my, in my daily life, because I didn't have a partner who was doing that. So it was really nice to have a married couple who was doing that and checking in and seeing what I needed. Um, that was just huge in creating a foundation of, you know, really good community in my life. 
And then I think there's kind of unique needs depending on the person who's single. Like for me, I'm a small female. So moving things, <laughs> lifting big things, like I cannot do it on my own <laughs> as much as I want to. So there's things like when I moved, a bunch of, you know, couples and married friends and people in relationships help me move because I cannot do that on my own and I can't lift things for sure um, that are super, super heavy. So uh, things like that, or even for me to like, if people invited me to go somewhere at night, like go out to eat and it was someplace I didn't want to walk alone at night because mm-hmm. it seems, you know, a little sketchy or things like that, volunteering to pick someone up and drive them so that they don't have to go by themselves to a party mm-hmm. or an outing or something like that. I think those things are really, really helpful. Like thinking about what gaps does this person maybe have because okay. they are by themselves, like what would be helpful to them? Because at the end of the day, as a single, you know, you have to provide for yourself. You've got to do everything. You don't, you can't be like, oh, I don't like this task. So I'm just going to see if the other person can, can do it. <laughs> so just helping with any of that load. Yeah. I, I haven't had people at Bible study who would be like, oh, I'm sending dinner home with you because then you don't have to cook at night, you know, Aww. things like that are yeah. super, super nice. Yeah. So I think that's really helpful, like what practical ways. And then the biggest thing is just encouraging people where they are of, you know, God has a plan for you, even if you're frustrated with it you know talking about why it's frustrating and then Mm -hmm. uplifting people and you know god loves you he has a purpose for you here it's okay that you're upset about it it's okay you're struggling with it Mm -hmm. um but like what things are you excited about right now that we can encourage you in i think stuff like that is really really helpful that's awesome that's really good advice and i think sometimes you know coming from someone who's married um in a way you're almost afraid to offer some of those things because you're afraid that somehow you're being insulting or making some assumption that oh Hannah's not capable of cooking her own dinner (laughs) you know that it's going to get taken the wrong way so what I'm hearing is that it's okay to offer and then just graciously accept if for some reason they turn it down right yeah yeah I think so for sure and it's nice because I think as a single what I struggled with is not feeling seen a lot of times Mm. so when someone is offering even you know if it might seem a little strange it's like oh but you see me and you care about me and like that's where it's coming from so that's really nice yeah awesome okay so here's a loaded question for you (laughs) I love the setup yeah I know right I'm I'm real subtle like I said loaded question get ready it's coming it's coming (laughs) well is it okay as a Christian to want to be single and not want to pursue marriage Yes, I think it is definitely okay. I mean, as we said before, before Paul says it's good for them to remain unmarried. And I think I've definitely had parts of my life where I thought I'm totally fine if I'm single for the rest of my life. Like if God has someone cool, if he doesn't cool, but you know, our lifespan mm-hmm. is really small in comparison to what our eternity will be. So, right. you know, for maybe a hundred years if I make it that long I actually don't want to live that long so we'll see (laughs) if I'm single like whatever compared to forever it's very Uh very small so I think yeah it's totally fine as Paul himself said to Mm -hmm. want to be single and remain single there's absolutely nothing wrong with that I think there's just so much societal pressure and you know that's people feel like that's not the normal thing um but there's nothing wrong with that everyone's made Mm -hmm. unique so if that's how someone feels that's totally fine and that's great yeah and I think in a lot of ways you could look at that as a gift Mm -hmm. too because then you're not struggling necessarily with some of the things that someone who's single and strongly desiring that relationship might struggle with and I think that's kind of what Paul was hinting at too when he was saying it's better to remain single not that marriage itself is wrong 
but that there's so much more that you can potentially do when you're not, well, lack of a better word, tied down. Yeah. Oh yeah, for sure. And just even for me, like the weight of thinking I needed to get married for so long and mm. carrying that with me and allowing that to put pressure, like me to put pressure on myself. If you, if you can like get rid of that and not have that, that's so freeing. You can, yeah, go follow your dreams, go see what God yeah. made you to be. It's really exciting. That's awesome. That's awesome. So if you could tell a single person listening right now, the first most important thing they could do to start the journey of finding that contentment um, what would you tell them? I think it's really just seeing yourself as being loved by God and nothing else and basing everything off of that. And the fact that you are, you know, fearfully and wonderfully made, God made you unique, knows you by name, and he has a special plan and purpose for you. So even if it feels like you're just waiting and nothing's happening in your life and you feel like you're stuck, that's not true. God has something for you and he has you here for a reason. So either you can decide to be upset about that and, you know, fight it, or you can say, I'm going to trust God and I'm going to make the most out of this situation in my life. I'm here. So I'm going to do something with it. Yeah. Awesome. Awesome. I love that. Okay, Hannah. So tell us how do readers one find out more about you and your book? And then I noticed on your website too, that you do speaking engagements and things like that. So tell us a little bit about the ministry that you have going and how we can either support that or have you included in some of our ministries. Yeah, definitely. You can find more out about me and my book on hannahshimmerhorn.com. But if that is hard to spell because it's a lot of news, you can go to uh, Only a Single Life um, on Instagram and Facebook, and you can find me there and find links to everything. My book is pretty much available anywhere online. So Amazon, Barnes and Noble, pretty much wherever you look. So that's available. And then yes, I now do speaking too. I've done speaking at a lot of different colleges and conferences and things like that on singleness. Uh, mm -hmm. People are normally pretty excited when they're like oh there's someone that actually speaks on singleness what is this um so yeah if there's anything you know people have where they think that would be a good good thing for me to come and speak on they can definitely mm -hmm. reach out to me on my website um and I would love to do it so yeah all the information is on my website on hannahshimmerhorn.com if people want to look there that's awesome well Hannah this has been an absolute blessing and a blast and um, I really thank you for being willing to tackle a subject that you've personally experienced, but I think is very, very real and raw for a lot of people. Um, so it's been great to have you here on the podcast and we'll make sure that we keep watching to see where else you go in life. Yeah. Thanks for having me. Thank you for listening to Madlit Musings. You can find out more information about Madlit and all that it has to offer at madlitmentoring.com. That's madlitmentoring.com. Or check out more about Jamie Jo Wright at jamiewrightbooks.com.